the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. It is a Thursday edition of the Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to have you along. You can email the show, Bruce at 989theanswer.com. Take us with you wherever you go, iHeartTuneInRadio.com app, our own app. We are pleased to be joined by Sergeant James Fuqua of the Columbus Police Department. Sergeant Fuqua, you see frequently on the news when a situation occurs in the city that requires or at least compels Columbus Police to speak directly to the community. So you've seen Sergeant Fuqua talking about the triple homicide on the southeast side of town, and he's kind enough to join us now. Uh, James, thanks for your time today. Appreciate it very much. Good morning, Bruce. Always a pleasure. All right, so let's talk about this. Uh, yesterday we got the revelation that this was a targeted assassination. Um, I, I know that, you know, you guys, no one more than you guys wants this kind of stuff to stop. Um, what can you tell us about uh, the – 22 year old man who was in the car do we know yet what his relationship was to the nine-year-old and six-year-old boy and girl who were killed yeah it's a you know detective uh, terry kelly who was the lead investigator on this case spoke briefly about it yesterday and you know he talked a little bit about uh having the the 22 year old having a relationship with uh the kid and he didn't get too specific into the relationship with their mother, but one thing I can tell you is uh, she was known to have, excuse me, she knew that he would be with the kids. So at the end of the day, regardless of their relationship, it's still a tragic, senseless thing that these heinous criminals decided to come up to a vehicle and do the incredibly horrible thing that they did firing off multiple rounds, well over 30, 40 rounds. It's just, I I really can't even come up with the word still that I'm still in shock as along with every other officer on the force. Is there any way to know if these two murderers were unaware that these two children were in the car? Yeah, that's hard to say at this point. You know, we're still out there canvassing the area, trying to retrieve and capture any video footage that may be out there that would hopefully lead us into knowing what they may or may not have seen. But, you know, Bruce, really, whether they knew they were in the car or not really doesn't matter to me personally or the officers investigating because you are willing to blatantly go up to a car not knowing how many people are or are not in the car and willing to shoot that many rounds into it. Again, this was a targeted attack that these animals have no respect not only for the human lives that they took, but they don't even have respect for themselves. 
Yeah, agree totally. Sergeant James Fuqua, Columbus Police, our guest here on the Bruce Hooley Show. And uh, you're right. Uh, it does not matter at all that 22-year-old Charles Wade was not the father of these two children. All that matters is that he had the uh, approval of their mother to be in custody of these two children, be stewarding their safety at the time that she entrusted them with him. That is all that matters. And uh, can you say if Mr. Wade, uh, was Mr. Wade wanted on any outstanding warrants at the time of his murder? Yeah, as as far as we know, there was no outstanding charges or any type of warrants for Mr. Wade. So this is a very interesting case to determine the why. And although he lost his life, we're really focusing on the six and the nine year old. We don't want anybody to die. And, you know, Mr. Wade passing is just as important that we solve his murder as the other two. But this is an interesting one because typically we don't come across these types of issues in Columbus. So we are really going to not only dig into his past, but every ounce of evidentiary valued pieces that we found at the scene because that may play a part in it. And, you know, we can't turn a blind eye to the fact that he may have had a path that led to the shooting. I mean, we have to be transparent and knowing that, unfortunately, he may have been involving himself with people who are not the most upstanding. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. We're speaking with Sergeant James Fuqua of the Columbus Police Department about the triple homicide on the city's southeast side on Tuesday night. Uh, James, it seems to me that part of town has been, uh, whether coincidentally or causally, is is frequently in the news. That is uh, where Micaiah Bryant's shooting took place. That was, in my, in my strong opinion, a justified shoot by the Columbus police officer. But then before that, a couple weeks before that, wasn't there some kind of vigil being held near that same location and a woman just driving by that vigil was shot and killed herself? Yeah, unfortunately, we have seen an uptick in violent crime in that area. My apologies as I'm doing this interview from one of the Columbus City Middle Schools as we had our TAPS graduation here today. So that is a a separate program where we come in and we mentor the youth in, in the class. So, you know, you can't stop the overhead speakers talking up in the back chamber. So sorry about that. But uh, that's all right. I love yeah. the fact that you're out in the schools because that is how you build trust with the young adults of tomorrow. And I think, sadly, the fact that you don't have at this point in time, uh, or the least that your your leaders yesterday, city leaders, were were imploring the public to help them solve this crime. To me, that's a self-evident civic duty, but I know on the one of the month anniversaries of the senseless murder of either Olivia Kurtz or Mackenzie Ridley, city leaders were making that same plea. And this kind of problem, and we've had, what, uh, 10 minors in Columbus killed this year? Uh, this is not going to go away because, no offense, you guys have some super detective down there who can figure this out without anybody in these communities helping him solve or her solve these crimes. You need the people who know, and I find it completely illogical and, and, and wrong, that no one else knows but the people who did the murders of Olivia Kurtz, Mackenzie Ridley, and these two 
not these two little children the other day, that no one but the people who committed those murders knows this. I find that completely illogical. Bruce, you're absolutely right. And as we pleaded way back in the summer, as it related to uh, Olivia Kurtz and Mackenzie Ridley, if we do not find the people responsible for this, your brother, your sister, your kids, anybody in your family could be next. And sadly, here we are, fast forward all of these months later, we have tragically lost young people again, and there is no way you're going to sit here and tell me that someone doesn't know who pulled that trigger. You cannot tell me that there is someone out there who does not know that one of these clowns that pulled the trigger in any of these situations doesn't have a conscience enough, like you said, to have the civic duty regardless of your faith background, just have the common decency for the families of these victims to just come forward with something, even if it's anonymously. Give us something to lead us in the direction to capture these animals. And you have made, you could not make this more easy for people. They can do it anonymously. I'm sure you have a Crime Stoppers hotline. I'm sure they could mail you an anonymous tip. This is not a difficult task to undertake to share with officers some information that could lead to the solution to or the or the you know the adjudication of a case where you'd actually bring people to trial for committing these murders email set up we have phones that don't have caller id on them we have crime stoppers you can call me personally i don't care how you do it what you have to do please give us the nuggets to solve the crime. Somebody has to know something. And unfortunately, we have to be honest with ourselves and know that the violent crime in the city is going to continue because one of the things we we don't really talk about enough publicly is just because homicide number six of the year is unsolved, people don't realize that's probably tied to many other homicides or violent crimes because these criminals tend to conduct business in a way that they're going to continue engaging in violent behavior because they haven't been caught or they have this invincibility in their head that they won't get caught. So, again, it's so important if you have any information, no matter how old a case is, it could be from years ago, please let us know because chances are that is linked to many other crimes that are unsolved in Columbus. Sergeant James Fuqua is our guest. He is a public information officer with the Columbus Police Department. Um, how many, I mean, approximately 50% of murders in Columbus are solved. And as, I mean, it's pretty obvious to me that the older a case gets, the less likely it is to be solved. Uh, You have an active case file. You have a cold case file. How many, you have an approximate number on how many unsolved murders there are right now in Columbus, Ohio? Well, you actually hit the number right on the head. We are currently at a 50% solve rate, and the fact that we're over 180 homicides for the year, that means there are 90 families who are out there struggling for answers. There are 90 families of victims out there wanting to know why this happened and why people will not come forward with information. So just think of how many family members are within those 90 victims. We're not talking just immediate family, but you're talking aunties and uncles and cousins, brothers, everybody. So you're talking thousands of people in the city are affected by the lack of a homicide having the ability to be solved. 
and not putting to rest their victims and having that peace of mind knowing that that animal is locked up behind bars. Well, and two, James, I mean, this you had 175. We had 175 murders in the city last year if the 50% solve rate applies to that. And then from 2019 and 2018, I mean, when we count back, I think your point is well made that the people who are doing this now may have been people who were doing it then were never caught, and so they're out there to continue to be able to do it now. Uh, I'm wondering, uh, do you feel like Columbus Police is fairly portrayed by the news media in the city? I think sometimes there's a big misconception on how much work we put in and how much we care. I'm glad you brought that up because I know some of the officers personally who were the first responders who had to pull out those young people in the car that were riddled with bullets. And they had to take that home with them. And they tried life-saving measures and were unsuccessful. And particularly one of the officers had young children about that age. So imagine what they were going through trying to help these poor young people and our homicide detectives who on average are taking on six to nine cases a year when the national average says that detectives should only have three to five cases and the amount of overload that they're facing that they don't have the burden. People forget how much they have to go home with that weighing on them, taking phone calls all hours of the night, taking time away from their own family to make sure they do whatever they can to solve a case. That is taxing and that is weighing. That's a heavy burden and we take it very personal. So people have to remember that we are human. We are not robots. We do number one and number two just like everybody else, you know, like we are not robots and we have feelings and we want to get these cases solved. So absolutely, sometimes I think it's a misconception that we're not trying hard enough or we don't care. James Fuqua, Columbus Police. We'll wrap up with this one, James. I know this officer is not a CPD officer. I know he was on the federal task force, but we had an officer wounded yesterday serving a warrant. Serving a warrant sounds like an innocuous task. There are no innocuous police tasks. Domestic violence calls got the two brave officers in Westerville murdered. Uh, Traffic stops can end uh, in horrible violence. This incident yesterday ended in horrible violence. Uh, Do you know how this officer is doing and I've heard from some people in law enforcement that this was, uh, this could have gone much, much, much worse if he was not wearing body armor. True about the body armor, definitely saved his life. Uh, he is on a long road to recovery. Um, he, he's got a long way to go, but thankfully he should be able to survive all of his injuries. I know the last I checked, he has feeling in all his extremities and uh, will be in a very uh, long rehab process. Still in a lot of pain and discomfort, but uh, thank the Lord that he is going to survive those injuries and should make a full recovery after a long road of rehab. Praise God for that. Well, James, I am very thankful for you and your fellow officers and what you do. You have 100% of my support and the support of our audience, and I hope that the community uh, gets the message that it needs to trust you because that's the only way this issue goes away. Thank you so much for your time today. Absolutely. Thank you, Bruce. 
Sergeant James Fuqua, Columbus Police, and we'll be back to talk more about the issues of the day on the Bruce Hooley Show. Bruce Hooley Show, thanks to Sergeant James Fuqua, Columbus Police, for joining us, providing a law enforcement perspective. Man, that visual of detectives having to remove from the car uh, nine-year-old Demetrius Walneal, six-year-old London Walneal, shot multiple times by the assassins who also killed 22-year-old Charles Wade. That That's... That's a powerful visual image, and if you have children that age, uh, I'm, I, I find myself identifying with, on a deeper level, things that happen to youngsters the ages of my kids. Um, and we've had a lot, a lot of young people killed in our city this year. Uh, Elise and Ava Williams, six and nine, same ages as these two. Unfortunately, were uh, shot and killed by their father, Davion Jones, Davion Burt, both aged 14, Trayvon Dixon, aged 15, Olivia Kurtz, Tyshawn Finch, age 16, Mackenzie Ridley, age 17, as is Jace O'Neill, Joseph Leon, another 16-year-old, Righteous McKinney, another 17-year-old, Jaquan Radford, and then uh, Bryson Brown, age four. I mean, that's I, – I, I can't look. I know. The mindset that would compel you, convince you to keep a secret like this that you would know. And look, people who would murder someone else have an elevated self-esteem. You know, they did, they've, done, uh, they've done studies on – People in uh, prison. And the original thought of the studies that they did on people in prison was that these people suffered from a lack of self-esteem. They grew up in a home where they weren't loved. They grew up without anybody nurturing them, caring about them, expressing any compassion to them. And that what criminals needed was more understanding, more compassion. Instead, what they've found since is that People in prison don't suffer from a lack of self-esteem. They suffer from an elevated level of self-esteem. What I want matters more than anyone else. My view of whether you should live or die is the only view that matters. I'm not compelled to follow any standard of objective truth. I'm not compelled to even recognize that somebody else's life is as valuable as my own. They suffer from an elevated level of self-esteem. And we've also ratcheted up this elevated level of self-esteem at virtually every influential level of our society. I mean, you think about media, academia, and something as simple as advertising. How could advertising possibly be tied to an elevated level of self-esteem that translates into the kind of despicable result that occurred on the southeast side of the city where a 22-year-old guy, given the responsibility of caring for a mother's 
nine- and six-year-old children is assassinated and they're assassinated along with him? How do we get there? What, what, what possible role could something as, in, as innocuous as advertising have in that? Well, think about it. What are the two dominant thoughts conveyed through advertising campaigns? One, you see it on every box, right? If there are boxes on the shelves at Kroger in Biden's America, walk down the aisle at Kroger. What two words do you see on every box? New and improved. New and improved. Everything's new and improved. Nothing could be good if it's not new or if it's not improved. Well, when you keep ingraining the idea that everything has to be new and improved, you think your life has to be always be new, exciting, vibrant, and improved. I've always got to be getting back. I've always got to be getting more, 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 more. And what's the other mantra that's replaced new and improved? Three words. You know it. You deserve it. Right? You deserve a car. You deserve a vacation. You deserve this. Why would we separate you deserve those material things from other things we like? And if somebody else has it, I deserve it. I can take it. And at its ridiculous level, I can take it, and I can take their life to get it. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.